Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first Swim for Try podcast. Uh, we're in lockdown, so we thought this might be a nice way to reminisce about some old triathlon stories, invite some old friends and guests onto the show uh, to keep you informed and up to date with training ideas, principles, um, recipes with some of the guests, who knows. Um, but first of all, I'd like to introduce Ralph Robinson, a dear old friend who helped me get involved in triathlon a long, long time ago. And it is quite scary when we think, we go back to the London Youth Games, Ralph, and yes. that was in the early 90s. Uh, people like it John... Was. It was. It was the early 90s. Uh, you were involved with um, East London Triathlon, and that was my my reason for asking you to help us out. Uh, Waltham Forest at the time had um, a swimming club, which was the Gators, and it had um, a running club, which was Orion Harriers. And that's where we would get our competitors from. But they weren't a merge of any of the disciplines for triathlon. They were either runners or swimmers. And we didn't even have uh, a cycling club in the borough. That's for young right, the that's right. Um, and it was basically me asking a bit of an olive branch. You had an involvement in triathlon, and you well, had d- d- um, just an expertise in, that ju- I just didn't have. Just well, just to interrupt, I I was really really new. Um, I'd been reading about triathlon a little bit. In fact, I was uh, a swimmer and still competing. And obviously, we knew each other from sports development at Wortham Forest. Oh God. And um, I was coming back from from college in in the US and and I'd known about the youth games as a a sort of a great uh, competition for youngsters in various, like a mini Olympics at Crystal Palace, wasn't it? So I I, I was still very, very new to triathlon. You asked me to help, literally, we stumbled through the bike and the run. We were fortunate to have um, Eastway available to us. Yes. But those Sunday mornings, we would swim at the college. We'd bring some of the youngsters we knew from the world of swimming, from Orion Running Club, and, you know, just ask them to, to give it a go. We, we really didn't know much between us. Still don't. But, um, you know, we would get them ready, and off we'd go to Crystal Palace. We'd have some trials. We would and, – and early on, it was swim, bike, run, wasn't it? It was. It was, I mean, in, in the good old days of John Lunt, it was exactly what it was. Um, it was a triathlon. And that was that was the difficulty of it for, for most of the boroughs, that unless they had a triathlon club, which had juniors a, a junior section, then they were in trouble. And that was the problem that Waltham Forest had. Um, obviously, me knowing you and knowing your involvement in swimming and then your involvement with, um, with East London Tri, it was like, well, here's someone who's enthusiastic, who's willing to give up a bit of time, but has expertise. And, and you make it sound like we didn't know what we were doing, but it was a miles <laughs> better than what it had been before, which was me selecting from a runner, a swimmer, and maybe someone that had been on a mountain bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we, we were learning quickly. We were learning quickly, weren't we? And, and we had a, a, some good results in the end. The, the team progressed. And Absolutely. I think, you Absolutely. know, I believe it was 33 boroughs would generally... Yes, 33 boroughs, including uh, London Borough of... Um, of um, London... Uh, what was it called? Not the London Borough. City, City, City of, of London. City of, City of London. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, these were school children from the age of 11 to sort of 17. 17. I, think, I think for triathlon, 
was up to about 18. And the junior and senior category, you know, we, we would swim downstairs in the 25 meter pool at Crystal Palace. There would be a quick exit onto the tennis courts um, yes. and then sort of a, a few laps around the, the, the road circuit and then a, a, a final run. And, and, and you know, you, you might know the name John Lunt from the Windsor Try and various other human race events, but John was there um, making sure that all ran smoothly. And I think we got in the top three, didn't we, a couple of times? Well, that, that was the thing, because, you know, the training that you provided, originally we started at, at Walthamstow. And um, I think for some reason we actually done some training at Atherton as well. Atherton, and, yeah. We, which we... was a nice venue because, well, not a, a great pool, but what it gave us was that we had, were all on the same level as the street. So you would be able to do these lovely transition trainings where they came out of the pool and then they went for a run. That's right. And that's Which, where we where we did meet some of the East London Tri competitors. Um, absolutely. Right. Interesting. Yeah, gosh, it, it's jogging my memory a lot now. <laughs> so, 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 so that then, then became like a great basis for what I then did later because it just I just realized then that it was it wasn't necessarily the discipline it was just that that transition that flow from one discipline be it the swim to the the bike to the run that's that's the, the whole thing that works so well and that, that's so interesting that down to a T it was it was ideal for the youngsters that's interesting that you recognize that I'm curious why you didn't take that into your own training and racing though um I, I think <laughs> It was mainly because um, I, I'm a classic case of do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were getting started as a competitor, and and it's been near thirty years, and you still consider yourself as a novice. You often on training camps can be heard describing yourself as a novice, but it, it's yes. a long time to be a novice. Have you not picked up anything, you know, during those thirty years? Can you share? Well, I, I, I think I'm, I'm maybe what they might call a slow bloomer. Okay, interesting. So, yeah. so I remember coming to watch you. I, I watched you at the Trisport Epping events. Um, that yes. was a pool, pool-based event. Yeah. And, and then it took me a while to actually try a triathlon. I didn't enter the London Tri until 97, if I remember rightly, 97 or 98. And that was the Olympic distance back then. Yes. Um, sadly, we just lost dad and, and we were raising money for Macmillan, um, who had looked after him so well. Uh, and I think you then um, jumped in the year after and, and tried it. I, you know, you brought Cameron, who um, our listeners may or may not know is your son and my godson. Um, Cameron came to support and cheer and, and we all enjoyed it except for my running, which was dreadful. Uh, and then you decided to enter it and it all got started from there, really, didn't it? Having dabbled a little bit, you then really got into it. I mean, to be honest, that, that very first triathlon I went to spectate, and support you. It did more. It did a couple of things. One, it you know I always remember the moment when Cameron said, "Oh look, um, Uncle Danny's coming first. He's first. And we all looked at each other. Thought, well, he's not going to come first. It's his first race. But actually, <laughs> out of the water, you were the first person, which was amazing. And then for some reason, you spent a day and a half in transition, <laughs> getting ready, which was very annoying because lots of people came in after you. But on that day, I remember seeing a gentleman who, maybe about six foot two, had obviously lost a lot of weight, but was still very, very big. Maybe, you know, maybe a 20 stone man, maybe. And in those days, it was, you, you know, you wore a two-piece tri-suit. Yes. Uh, he wore a two-piece, 
he's obviously a very big man, and he was doing the course, and my heart just went out to him, because there's me sitting back thinking, oh, look, you know, it's only for, you know, very slim, you know, people and all this kind of stuff. And um, then there's this man who's giving it the beans. And he got a real big cheer, especially on the run, as he was going around on the run course. And and that and that sort of like I said to myself then, God, if he can do it, I can do it. Can you? And, and that that basically was maybe apart from coming and seeing it, because I always thought that I had, like most people, a preconceived idea that you had to be really fit and you had to be in great shape. When you went to London, you saw people of all shapes and sizes and ages giving it a go. So you, so you, you entered. encouraged me to give it a go the following year. Yeah, so you entered the following year. And, and talk us about your first open water swim. I, I remember watching and, and, and watching and wondering and, and watching some more. Do, well, were, were you keen? Had a lot of time to watch and a lot of time to wander. I, uh, <laughs> I got into the water. I'd, I'd done all this uh, preparation with East London Tri, which I'm very grateful to as a, as a, as a Tri club. They were very supportive. Um, so I had my year of, of, of um, swimming, cycling, and uh, jogging with East London Tri. Uh, got into the water at London. Um, and then just. All the things that you're told to do, I just couldn't remember any of it. And I and I remember just swimming along and thinking, this thing to be taking a lot longer than I thought it should. And uh, I remember I kept stopping a lot and doing breaststroke to get my bearings because I, I couldn't quite see where I was meant to be going. And I remember coming out eventually and looking up at the clock, and I'd been in there for 49 minutes. <laughs> well you clearly wanted to get your money's worth i mean well i, I remember looking up at the clock saying, i thought what the hell have i been doing where have i been <laughs> did you do the right number of laps i mean i, I did I, I i think i did the the best thing possible i wanted my value for money so i tacked the course as much as i possibly could <laughs> so i made that 1500 meters into 2500 meters <laughs> easily easily and but but from but from there things progressed and you moved on to ironman that was 2000 2008 2008 yeah, was, ironman was, austria um, i remember I mean, that so i i done a few Olympic distances. I then came along to Vitruvian once again with yourself and oh, had right. supported Vitruvian and then took the plunge and did the Vitruvian. And um, that was a, an eye opener. I always remember that. That was when I thought, this is just horrendous. Uh, I, I think it took me like eight hours, eight and a half hours to do that middle distance course. I remember when I finished it, I jumped in a bath, grabbed some sleep, and then I just couldn't move that, that afternoon, the rest of the afternoon. Like that evening, I couldn't move. And I and I um, took paracetamol, <laughs> I took whatever I could, and I prayed that if I saw the night through, I would go to church more often. 
So that was 2004, if I remember rightly. Um, you know, our good friend Mark Shaw puts on a great race at Vitruvium. We love to go back. Unfortunately, it clashes with the end of our lake season at Stubbers. Um, so I've, I've not been for a few years, but it's a favorite with East London Tri, with yourself. Um, and yeah, I do remember we, we raced there 2004. Um, again, you had an interesting swim. Something, uh, you mentioned something upset you during the swim, uh, I seem to recall. this gets embellished year after year i don't think it was quite what you... it was a surge of water <laughs> it was a big surge of water i didn't even it, know it was it, you it felt as though people being thrown to one side <laughs> um and then i remember someone using an expletive as what, what the adjective was that and um i remember looking forward and seeing these very neat elbows head not moving and i just said oh that was dan bullock <laughs> How did you, you can't, you can't. I, and, and honestly, why? I know it was you. It you was did. just you. I know that stroke. I know <laughs> it very well. And it was just you. You just came through the shortest possible distance for where you had to go. And it happened to be through us. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving on. Was this the race I loaned you a wetsuit? What, what happened to that wetsuit I loaned you? Oh, that was a race prior. Uh, that was a race prior, yeah. You, you, you did lend me a wetsuit. And um, I, well, listen, I'm of that opinion that if you're going to borrow something from someone, <laughs> you want to return it back in the same condition, or if not, in a better condition than when you received it. And, and which involves what? Um, well, I, I wanted to make sure that it was maybe cleaner than when <laughs> I received it because um, then I would be, you know, you know, felt, you know, I was showing my gratitude for you lending me the wetsuit. And which involved? Well, I, 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 I put it in the washing machine. <laughs> I, I, I put the wet. Well, I didn't know. To be, and, uh, to be fair, it was the, the first time I ever had a wetsuit let alone borrowed a wetsuit and so I, I put it in the washing machine to be fair we did we did check the instructions and there was no label saying do not put in a washing machine i think they've changed that now and um you know common guidance on wetsuits is not to put them in in a washing machine <laughs> well if, if it's if it's any consolation in my in my um in my on my behalf it's that um i, I didn't put it on a hot wash or, or um, put it in the, you know, the spin dryer, because that would be silly, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> some, yes. It, I, I mean, looking back on it now, possibly, yes. 
Moving on, if we could just introduce our, our good friend Steve True, who might well be uh, our next guest. Um, you've known Steve a long time. He took, uh, he was part of the GB coaching team for the Sydney Olympics. Um, you knew him before that, I believe, as as, as athletes. Um, yeah. We we've since been on his Italy training camp. We've become good friends. Um, and you've enjoyed your cycling. You've you've raced less as you've trained more, which is an interesting concept. I'd like to perhaps talk some yes. more about. Um, but you've immersed yourself in the sport quite significantly. You've actually taken some cycle coaching qualifications, and yes. which I know you studied very hard for. Uh, and, we, and and with the help of your your study buddies, you, you got those passed eventually, didn't you? And uh, also, you've become quite the the expert in stretching. Can you tell us about your your stretching expertise and qualifications? Um, well, basically, so for my as you know, I've been sort of like a sports development officer for London Borough Walking Forest for many many years, and uh, I, I got into leisure into leisure industry because of circuit training. So in those days, it was called you know men's keep fit or keep fit that moved on to then circuit training, and so. I've never really been away from that. That's always been my my go-to. So I, I, you could say I was a bit of a gym bunny for for, for you know, many many years. But one of the things that is always going to happen eventually is that you're going to get injured in some way, shape, or form. Um, pretty much how athletes are now. And so with each of these injuries, I was then always going in some form of rehab and it became increasingly obvious that the more I stretched, the less injuries I got. And um, so to the extent that I then decided to, to, to do stretching more as a support for groups, individuals. So if I did a, a session for um, a pre-season training for a football club, or, or for you know uh, a cycle session, it would always include stretching as well as your you know your norm, you know your normally hard your hardcore main 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 sets, and then it it then became that the stretching became more than the sets until eventually the stretching just took over because no matter what group I worked with, it was obvious that they needed to stretch. Interesting, yeah, yeah, and and on Steve's. Uh, training camp to Italy uh, which unfortunately we won't be going to next month um, it's become yes. a, a real popular thing in the mornings hasn't it with um, a wake-up stretch um, you know it's very popular most mornings you're down there avoiding the the run session so some of us some of us were a little bit suspicious that that actually you know by becoming more of an instructor you were able to train less It's a bit like when you come into the industry that, uh, you know, you're, you're really sort of like a, a very proactive athlete. But then if you go into coaching, you actually end up coaching more and training less. And so for me, um, I, I was training maybe not as much. And so coaching meant that I just trained even less, unfortunately, unfortunately. And so when uh, I know we had a bunch of bike sportifs lined up for this summer, unfortunately, they've fallen by the wayside. Um, yeah. But we've not seen you do so much swim training this year. Is that is that going to change? I mean, well, for, for yes, someone. Uh, well, well, interestingly enough, I've got a bit of um, 
I've been working around a, a bit of a, a shoulder injury for a while, which I have no idea where it came from. Um, uh, and actually, this year was the year I was going to really get, get things going. Give it the beans. Uh, well, yeah, get a PB in... Uh, I was looking at uh, even going back into Olympic distance again. Uh, but unfortunately now, with the way things are going, uh, that may not be the case for this year. Um, I'd, I'd actually made uh, a decision to stop drinking rum, um, and that will, and that was one of my ways of getting fitter and, and what have you. <laughs> so it means that this May I would have not had any alcohol for a year, but obviously no Nova Collie this year for us cycling. So um, maybe I'm going to keep it going for a little bit longer. And uh, I've been stretching and doing some training at home now during our lockdown period and uh, trying to maintain what uh, what fitness I have I have developed since lockdown. Interesting. So just, just to clarify, the Nova Collie is the uh, big Italian bike sportif that takes in uh, some of the, the Giro stages um, and it, it falls nicely at the back end of Steve's uh, training camp. We've done it many uh, I think I think I've been twelve or thirteen years now to Steve's camp. Um, year one as a as a client, and and then as a coach, he asked me to help out uh, as we were getting uh, swim for try off the ground, which which was a nice pat on the back coming from a a British Olympic coach. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a remarkable event, and and we've done it a few times, and we often train on many of the hills in the lead up. And sadly, it was going to be the 50th anniversary, wasn't it? And, and there was going to be some special kit. The Giro was going to roll through as a, as a, um, as a mark of respect to the, the sportif. And it, it's such a well-known sportif. Uh, it, it's held in such high regard. And there's, there's been a, as many as 15,000 cyclists, which I think is, is a good amount. all over the all world over. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I, I've done the ride, and I've, I mean, for, for what it is, I, I tend to talk a lot when I'm on the bike, and I've, I've bumped into people from South Africa, from Germany, all over, well, obviously from the UK as well, and a lot from the States, and uh, it, you just realise how big this event is. You know, it's, it's almost like the London Marathon, but for cyclists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it is on that scale, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Mm. You know, in terms of popularity, and we know cycling is very popular in Italy. So, so that's unfortunate, but it looks like, you know, fingers crossed, everything eventually gets back to normal. And, you know, the 50th edition will now take place in 2021 and, and not this year. So we, we, we'll be back. We'll be back for sure. But so, so there, is, there is thoughts of another triathlon. Did you ever, just remind me, did you ever break six? At the Magic Six was what you wanted to break at Vitruvian, wasn't it? And, and to, to, beat, to beat your old nemesis, um, Kevin, wasn't it? Was it Kevin? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin um, Farnham was my right. old nemesis from um, East London Trine. And um, my last event, my last time racing Vitruvian as a full distance, I actually did creep under six hours by one minute. <laughs> um, I had a lot of support. My son came out on, on the run course and um, helped me along as well because I was... I had really bad ankles at the time. I was getting a lot of pain in my ankles and my calves. And, I, you know, it was almost like throwing the towel. And then he was encouraging me that, you know, this is it. You know, let's just get it over and done with. 
And actually, it reminded me a lot of the information and wise words from lots of people I've, I've known over the years that do triathlon. And that sometimes this unpleasant feeling that you go through, that's exactly what it is. It's just unpleasant. But the good news is, once you stopped, it's over. That's true, and, that's true. And, and, you know, sometimes this unpleasant feeling, it's just a guide. How much unpleasantness can I take? And, I'm, and I was grateful that I did go on the six hours. Would I ever be able to go on the six hours again? Hmm, maybe not. <laughs> well, so, so that was an impressive performance, but let's just um, go back to your Ironman, where you were in the 13-hour range. Now, some people might think, okay, well, that, that's, that's not bad for a first attempt, but let me just put that into some context. You had a road bike without any kind of tri bars, without any kind of race wheels. You just sort of rolled up. Obviously, you'd done the training, but in terms of equipment, you you were, you know, on some pretty standard equipment, and and that back then I think it was it was it three loops which and then, and then it trained changed a two loop course, with so a with I, a good hill Aust on I it. Did Ironman Austria. Austria, yeah. Um, in two thousand eight, it was a two loop course two for then. the um, bike, and um, you did th three for the run, and um, basically um, I just I just. I didn't know anything about gearing and ratios for, so I just had a, a, a standard Condor Italia bike. I don't know what it was, maybe a 53, maybe a 52 or 53 on, on the big wheel and 30 something on the, on the smaller wheel. That was about it. And I just got around on the course. Um, it was what I knew. Which is, ref uh, which is refreshing because people, you know, Entering an Ironman is is a fair expense um, at the moment, um, and you don't have to spend a fortune on on equipment. You know, you can. You know, thirteen hours is a remarkable achievement in anyone's book, and and you didn't you know spend thousands on a bike and all the equipment and everything else. I mean, and you know, I I, I mean, so. I had a great coach um, in, in Dawn Hunter Dawn, uh, preparing yes. me for it. I did ask someone else to be my coach, but they refused. Yeah, who, who, was, who was that again? Um, uh, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew how annoying you'd be. <laughs> yeah, and Dawn's learned how annoying I can be. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I have a relationship with a lot of, um, you know, I'm only a swim coach, to be fair, and, and we work with swimmers who want to do open water events whether it's a triathlon or it's a pure just swim event and and you know there's not many people that will have sent sessions back with recommendations back to the coach and and you know there'll be other coaches listening to this and they might share this philosophy but yeah you you're not one that upholds the idea of you know do as you're told <laughs> yeah so so you know well, well i'll put it this way if dawn writes me a session i look at the session if it seems hard difficult difficult then i will challenge her <laughs> you know what well, well not actually it's not more of a challenge it's more like um i'll ask have you made a mistake and yeah. sent this to the wrong person that that does happen occasionally. It does happen. Which does, and there you have it. That, that was that was all I was asking. Or I think you may have written this.
it does seem a bit difficult. Right. So on occasion, I would, you know, just, you know, just raise that point. Um, but yeah, Dawn was um, very patient and uh, and got me through and prepared me brilliantly. And then um, on the day, it was a case of, as you've said, and many have said, you just treat it like a very long training day. And that's what I did. And I, um, I was very fortunate that I did a reasonably good swim. I did a, you know, a, a, an average, well, maybe a better than average bike. We, everyone knew that my run would, um, would, would slow things down a bit, which it did. But I still was able to complete the run. And looking back, I maybe did better than some because I just kept running. I, I, you know, I was lucky that I could just keep moving. And, uh, and done it in those 13 hours. Hey, uh, that, that is an impressive time. Um, <laughs> well, and I, I, seem to, I seem to recall you, I seem to recall you swam a six, 68 minutes as well. So, so clearly you'd got another wetsuit, one that hadn't shrunk. Um, so, so that fitted better and obviously suited you. Because that's a good solid swim. Uh, and not an easy swim to navigate, given your earlier issues at the London Tri, because you do two laps and then you exit with a swim up the the canal, don't you? Absolutely. There's um, as you as you exit for Austria, you actually go into a small funnel um, on that uh, on on just as you get to the, um, the the transition area, and it's it's just a free for all. <laughs> it's it's absolutely free for all. But once again, with great advice, uh, some of it coming from Steve, um, how to overcome obstacles if people are swimming slightly faster or slightly slower than yourself, or not faster, but slightly slower than yourself, or, or if you're getting hit a lot, I got through really, really well. So yeah, I was, I was very fortunate. Good, good. So um, Ralph, that's a, that's a lovely recap on your racing career. It's exciting to hear that you do plan to return to the world of triathlon. Uh, you know, it, it, it has given us a lot of joy over this this past sort of 30 years. And, and I, thank, I thank you for helping welcome me. I mean, literally, you, I know from an early age, my mom said, you know, oh, you should give triathlon a go. You should give. But, but actually sort of the the mechanics of uh, you know what you orchestrated actually put the the cogs in place and it actually happened um which was lovely so you know my sister and i do thank you for all your uh, invaluable uh input over the years and, and you've helped swim for try you know countless times coming along on training camps and you know being you know reminding us that, that as the client you know we shouldn't treat you that way when we ask you to to train you know, you, you've, you've been a, a source of inspiration and we thank you. So uh, it's lovely to hear you're racing again and we look forward to those race updates and um, enjoy the rest of lockdown as best you can. And uh, I'll hope to see you on a bike, out on a bike ride sometime soon. Dan, thank you very much for this opportunity. You're welcome. Thank so, you. Thank you very much. Mr. Ralph Robinson, cycle um, coach, uh, stretching expert, and triathlete uh enjoy uh look out for this we're going to upload it uh to itunes and to spotify and it will be the first swim for try podcast and thank you for your time thank you